0: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
1: Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Full Court Press has the latest news and opinions from men's and women's college basketball. Our hosts are John Fanta, who calls games all around the country for Fox Sports and others, and Kim Adams, an analyst for Fox and ESPN, and a former D1 baller who never saw a three-point opportunity she didn't like. If you don't believe me, check her Twitter page. Take it away, guys.
0: It's a fresh edition of Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams as we tape on this Tuesday, April the fourteenth, two thousand and twenty. John Fanta. Here on the west side of Cleveland, Kim Adams in Philadelphia. And we have a loaded show here today, Kim. We've got Illinois head coach Brad Underwood, who led the Fighting Illini to a strong season. Illinois basketball, it had been a little bit since they had been relevant in the national discussion of college basketball. Well, a 21-win campaign. They do have a couple of players that are in the NBA draft mix. So a really interesting offseason. We'll talk with Coach Underwood about the turnaround of a Fighting Illini, but we also have involved our listeners into today's show.
2: Yeah, John, we've had some good submissions, people trying to get a little bit of a a hoop fix during these slower times, so we'll see what they brought to the table. We'll also reflect a little bit on this year's Basketball Hall of Fame class, a lot of significant college basketball influencers in there, whether players or coaches. And exciting news this week, we've got the WNBA draft coming up on Friday. So we'll go into some of the players we're looking out for a little bit on that one. Um, But yeah, John, I'm really looking forward to this conversation with Brad Underwood, who has completely transformed the Illinois program. Just finished his third year. It would have been their first appearance in the NCAA tournament since 2013, and this was just a loaded Big Ten. They were talking 10, 11 teams making the big dance, um, and I know he's he's got some special food choices, maybe some tacos we can ask him about. Um, really looking forward to that conversation.
0: Great to be joined by Illinois men's basketball head coach Brad Underwood just completing his third season at the helm with the fighting Illini and they go from 12 and 21 in 2018, 19 to what a turnaround 21 and 10 this season, the Illini one of the top teams in a loaded big 10 conference and coach Underwood, while the season ended abruptly, how rewarding was it to lead the program's turnaround this year?
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, this, this group of guys will I'll always remember, uh, as one of my favorite and, uh, Uh, there was so many positives and, and it did end up, uh, disappointing and abrupt. And, and, and I felt so bad for our seniors. And one of those, which was, which was my son and, uh, to not to be able to step on that court, uh, in an NCAA tournament game, uh, when we, we had to go through the, the growing pains, we had to lay a foundation. We had to, we had speed bumps and, uh, and roadblocks along the way. And, and yet it was, uh. Uh, it was no shortcuts, it was a lot of hard work, it's a great staff, and uh, this team was so fun to coach, and uh, I'll always choose to look back at this, not as the the disappointment of of the end of the year, uh, but of all the positive uh, things that this group did, how much fun they were to coach every day, and and, uh, uh, always, always have fond memories of this group.
0: How special was it for you to coach your son, Tyler?
1: Oh, there's nothing like it. And, you know, I say this a lot, you know, we, we, we grow up in this profession and we watch everybody else's kids play, but our own. And, uh, you know, I never got to coach any of his, uh, youth sports, youth baseball, soccer, whatever he was involved in, uh, because I was kind of the undependable father, you know, I was always gone and, And uh, you know, one of the advantages of being a head coach is you do control time. When you're an assistant, you don't. And uh uh you know, I had great years at Kansas State with Frank Martin and yet um you know, it just didn't work. I was I was I was busy, I was gone, you're an assistant coach, you travel a bunch and uh uh then to have him every day to walk out on the court and fist bump him and see how his day's going and and chew his butt a little bit when he makes a mistake and know afterwards uh you know he's he's that's that's my son that's not a player anymore and and uh, that was really special it'll be something we'll always have very very fond memories of
2: something i can relate to coach i actually my mom was my high school coach a little bit of a different level high school versus college but really really cool time for me and my mom um so great to hear about that um and just to shift to this off season now a little bit one they you've never seen before one that no one has ever seen before in college sports um as a player this is sometimes the time we dread with the the dreaded spring workouts going on uh but now with players off campus and everything shut down what is what does that off season look like for the players right now um many of who you know have limited access to maybe a ball maybe a hoop in their driveway and and no strength training equipment so what does that look like for your team and what have you been telling them to try and stay in shape
1: yeah we're doing uh twice a week we do zooms uh with our group um and those are more just uh uh informative uh basketball related things and and academic things and and uh uh, you know, one of the great challenges through all this is, is, is really the academic component and uh, not having access to, uh, you know, the, the discipline and the, the structure of academic support and the tutoring. Uh, you know, it takes a, a tremendous amount of uh, focus to do things online and discipline, and, and that's been very big. Uh, the basketball piece of it, uh, Adam Fletcher, our strength coach, uh, has put together a, a, a basically a video library of um, workouts that are body weight type workouts and things that they can continue to do they involve uh, all sorts of things from squats to dips to uh, finding whatever you can to to do a curl um, you know and it, it's it's a variety of things we, we do those four days a week we ask our guys to to, to video themselves, uh have some fun with it, find a partner, find a brother, a sister, uh, a cousin, you know, somebody that, that may wanna work out as well. Um and uh, but it it's been uh it's been very well received. Our guys are doing a great job with it. The basketball piece is hard and uh you you um you know parks are closed down. Uh not everybody has an outdoor basket that they can get to or a, or a gym, so uh you know we're asking them to try to you know be as creative as they can if they have a basketball do ball handling in a parking lot in a uh in a driveway in a basement wherever they can to at least keep a feel of 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 a ball so it is very unique it's very different but we're not the only one so it's uh, uh you know we're trying to challenge our guys to be as creative as they can
2: and still stay healthy Sure. Uh, yeah, I actually use I use some laundry detergent as a as a weight the other day. So if you want it, that was actually a perfect one. If you need a little extra tip, that's a great. That's <laughs> uh, that's
1: a, that's a yeah, great idea.
2: Yeah, because it was. I would have. Just, I thought it was maybe at least seven pounds or so, and it had the handle, so I was able to almost use it as a yep. kettlebell. So that was actually perfect. Um, and then just to to shift to some of your players, because it's also you know, an unprecedented time to make some decisions. Um, Your Big Ten Freshman of the Year, Kofi Coburn, has declared for the NBA draft and is, you know, thinking, trying to make his decision with all this going on. Um, Maybe IO as well. Just what are the conversations like that you've been having with them as, you know, this is such a crazy time for them to have to make a decision like that?
1: Yeah, and all we can do is is really gather information and and that is very fluid as we all know. Uh everything we do is 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 fluid. It's it's literally day to day we try not to get uh um, thinking too far ahead in terms of uh is something'll change from from one moment to the next. So, uh you know, there's a lot of talk about when the draft would even be. Um there's uh, uh there are certain um deadlines that have to be met from a from an NCA standpoint and uh so on but uh you know all we're trying to do is gather as much information as we normally would for any of our guys that that put their name in uh, let them uh examine that information have a uh, a good feel for what it looks like and uh answer any questions and then we'll uh, you know we'll go from there but it you know it is challenging there's there's no combine there's no on on-site workouts, there's no face-to-face interviews. Uh, those things are all um, are all you know gone by the wayside. So uh, it's nobody's fault that it happened that way, but it is it is the the reality, and uh, we'll just provide as much info as we can for these kids.
0: Ayo Dasumu, coach, is is it expected that he will formally declare for the draft, and what about his skill set? could make him a player that's ready for the sleep.
1: Well, he's he's a guy that uh is going through the uh, advisory committee and and uh uh you know going to figure out where his uh, you know what what those people say and you know that committee is so important uh because you know uh people have a tendency to just look at the college game and see who's declared and this and that and and that committee is so insightful because they have a very good idea of uh of the international guys that will declare and come in uh so they're uh, you know they're right most of the time and very very close to being right uh, all the time so uh but you know ios uh ios got tremendous uh tremendous size he's a he's a guy guard that can play either the point or or the off and uh you know his his best attributes he's a he's a superhuman being he's a he's an unbelievable worker uh and he's a he's a kid that um uh, does not fear the moment. He wants the ball. And you know, of all the players uh you know out there, I mean he would have he would have been a shining star in in the NCAA tournament. And uh uh he lives for that stage. So uh, you know, he's built for that and uh you know, we'll see what this comes back and, and uh uh you know he'll make it he'll make a decision that that he thinks is best for him cuz he's a very smart kid.
0: Illinois head coach Brad Underwood is our guest. Coach another big off-season storyline that is being discussed nationally and how it could impact the sport is the one-time transfer legislation uh, that's on the table with the NCAA. There's a working group and last week it was reported that they would come together in late May to formally vote on this, that a transfer, when they head to another school, does not have to sit out a year to then play for that school. They would be immediately eligible. In a world where there's already over 500 transfers and counting in college basketball and offseason, what do you think this could do to the sport?
1: Well, I think it's gonna be really challenging uh first of all, I think it'll be really really uh, harmful to our game to do it now um you know and and we talk about this a lot and and you know we're doing all this for the um, you know to for student athlete welfare to to help them and and to give them the the best opportunity that they want to be successful but um you know I have never um uh, I, I can't see how, in these times, uh, student-athlete welfare is at the forefront of being able to not visit, being able to not meet your new coach, being able to not meet your new teammates, um, and all of a sudden, if we're back in school in August, you show up and 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 how that's good, how that's a a a, a, a success a, 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 a place where you can be successful i think it's just challenging that way uh i really hope i know we know it's coming at some point i really hope they push it away um and, and push it back a year um you know i don't know what they'll what they'll look to do but uh, you know i just think it, it it sets a bad precedence when when kids can't go visit and uh, uh, we're all trying to get this started off on the right foot uh but uh, we'll see um i don't know what direction that'll go and 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 like i said I, we know it's coming i think uh without question but uh i think it makes it very difficult uh to to build continuity and and the one thing we always try to strive for in this game is is our culture and um obviously this makes it a little more difficult uh to to to, to enhance that
2: for sure. Thanks, coach. Um, just to go back, you mentioned Frank Martin off the top, a friend of yours who you spent six seasons with him, one at South Carolina, five at your alma mater, Kansas State, uh, before going on to your first Division One head coaching job at Stephen F. Austin. And you had a pretty good year there in year one, 32 and three. Um, just what was your relationship like with Frank and in what ways did he impact you that allowed you to right away go on and have success in, in your first head coaching role?
1: Well, there, first of all, I, there, there's not a better human being and not just in this profession, but, um, they they just don't come any better than Frank Martin. uh, loyal, um, trusting, um, you know, those are the words that come to my mind. I mean, give give his shirt off his back to to help a friend, and um, you know, it was it was um, a great opportunity for me uh, because Frank allowed us to to have a voice. Frank allowed us to coach. Um, you're, uh, uh, I learned a great deal from him. He's he was tremendous at at uh, at, at putting a locker room together and, and connecting the dots. And 15 guys from all parts of, of the world sometimes and getting them to play together for a common cause and, and, um, uh, very, very good, uh, instructor. Um, and you know, the, the love he shows for his players is very, very genuine. And, 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 and Frank, uh, gets the best out of every one of them. You don't see a young man leave his program. uh and they, they, they love him like a father and, uh, Uh, So I, a lot of lessons learned there. And and I was very fortunate. Uh, I've been, I've been with some great people along the way. um, And Frank being one of them, uh, obviously that have impacted me. And and when I got the Stephen F job, um, you're able to take, you know, playing for Jack Hartman at Kansas state and and being around Bob Huggins and being around Jim Kerwin for 10 years at Western Illinois, all those guys had one, one thing in common, they're winners. And, uh, uh I was able to take those things and, and inherit a uh a program that, that cared about basketball and, and all of a sudden we're we're thirty two and three and, and uh, you know that was uh, uh that was an enjoyable year, a fun year but but a year that uh um you know year one I was very, very fortunate, very blessed. <laughs>
2: Awesome stuff. Uh, let's go off the court a little bit. I think with, with the pandemic going on, we've had some more time to spend in the kitchen, which for me has been a struggle at times, but we did see that you tweeted what you call your world famous tacos the other day. So can you tell us a little bit more about your recipe and why these, why these tacos are world famous? I think we may have to get a shipment.
1: Well, they're, um, first of all, I don't make them very often because of the mess that they make when I make them. And, uh, so my wife is, uh, uh, you know, kind of, you know, she hates the kitchen the way I leave it afterwards. But, uh, um, uh, and, and it really started with, with Io DeSumo. Io's, one of Io's favorite meals is tacos. And, uh, I had not made these in a long time. I think one of the one of the hazards of 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 moving as much as we have here in the in in the last few years was, you know, some of those things get left on the on the on the back burner, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, with this, we we decided uh, uh, we were gonna we were gonna get that out and start working on those tacos and and uh, you know the whole key is getting the grease uh, at the right temperature and you know it's just a meat of your choice. Uh, and, uh, we take those tortillas and we put the, we cook the meat and we put it in there, uh, and then, uh, toothpick up those tortillas and then we throw them in, uh, in the grease and get them the right, uh, you know, you can, some, some people like them a little more floury, a little more crispy and, and, um, uh, which is how I like them. And, and, uh, then you take those toothpick, take them out and open them up and put a little bit of cheese in there so that while they're hot, while that beef is still hot or that meat's still hot, let that melt. Um, and then uh, uh, we do everything fresh, fresh jalapenos or, or habaneros, because I like them hot. Uh, and then, you know, your tomatoes, your avocados, your uh, obviously lettuce, uh, onions, and just pile it on and uh, and, and go to town. And, and uh, uh, we make them big. So it's it's really a full meal to try to eat too for me anyway. But uh, they're uh they're they're a fan in the Underwood household. Our our, our kids love them.
0: Wow. This sounds like I'm a very <laughs> intense process, coach. I'm salivating right I t- now. I don't I, know about you, John. I
1: I take it very seriously. <laughs> I shouldn't, but uh uh I don't cook I don't cook uh uh those very often so when i do i want them to be good i want them to be right and attention
2: uh, to detail so we, that's why you're a successful <laughs> coach
1: yeah and uh you know now the cleaning up afterwards um you know i go sit in the recliner and talk about how good <laughs> they were and, you,
0: you don't have a manager staff in the kitchen coach is what you're trying I, to say i don't
1: say. i well cleaning I, the I, kitchen I is the my,
2: worst my, I
1: bribe my two college age daughters
0: that's great stuff so what have you guys been binge watching
1: well right now i am i am in the middle of of james bond um and uh i have i I just finished succession and i've been um uh i was i was kind of watching well i was i finished suits during the year but I'm a huge James Bond guy. So now I've gone back to the first one and, uh, Dr. No from Russia with love, Goldfinger, uh, I'm on now. So I'm going to, I'm going to binge watch all the, all the Bond flicks
2: again. Great choices there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) coach last one from me. We know you had a playing career as well, I was interested to know what are the similarities or differences between Brad Underwood the player and Brad Underwood the coach.
1: <laughs> There's a lot. Uh <laughs> first of all there was never a shot I didn't like. Um but uh and I was such a bad defender. Um I, I kind of the running running joke was I always I've always uh, told my kids I was the best help defender. Of all time, as soon as my man caught the ball, I just started screaming help. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh. I, I have a real tendency to really emphasize the defensive end. We spend a lot of time in practice on it. Uh, there's a big difference there because I didn't like playing defense; I wasn't great at it. Uh, but uh, but I do as a as a as an old point guard. Uh, I do have a tremendous appreciation for that position and 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 being able to pass the ball and uh that was one of the few things that I could really do as well so uh that's probably the biggest similarity is I try to recruit guys who can really pass and uh but uh, the defensive end ooh, that was uh that was not good for me, and my
0: team plays it much better than I do. <laughs> Well, Coach Underwood, I, I want to leave you with this uh, during these times. We'll, we'll end on a, on a light note here. So let's say you're making those tacos. You've got James Bond going. And I have to well, – well, I'm sure you'd probably put him at the top of your list. I'm, I'm going to throw out Frank Martin since you two are so close. But you are quarantined inside a house with three other college basketball coaches. Who are they and why?
1: Oh man, we can go a lot of different directions with this. <laughs> well, Frank Frank would be one, Hugs would be two. Uh for just simply the just simply the the fact that there would be uh Andy Kennedy would probably be a third <laughs> just simply because the laughter would never cease. And those guys those guys are uh as serious as they are as coaches and as competitive as they are uh one, they're all three good guys we'd have a lot of fun uh, It would be interesting to see a skinny but the rest of us be interesting to see how much how much food we could eat and how much how much weight we would gain but uh but we would we would have a blast telling stories and and uh and laughing so it would be a uh it'd be a house full of laughter there'd be no doubt about that. Frank could, oh, fix, Frank could fix good Frank could fix good Cuban food. We'd have some little oxtail. We'd have we'd have uh uh beans and rice and you know hugs will hugs will bring skyline chili. Uh, <laughs> you know, That's a favorite we'll, of we'll,
2: John's.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll uh you know, hugs gets that shipped in by the case, so we'll have we'll be we'll all be good there and and uh, our digestive tracts may not be real healthy, but we'll 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 have a lot of fun doing it.
0: Bob Huggins could have a reality show we would all watch. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, one of the great storytellers, one of the great coaches, deserves to be, uh, deserves to be in the hall of fame and uh, he'll get there soon. But uh, yeah, what a great guy.
0: The head coach of the fighting Illini, Brad Underwood and coach, I'll, I'll give you the chance here. I know these times are on press and, and right now, Uh, These are critical times in our country. What message would you have to your fan base and beyond?
1: Well, I hope everybody, first of all, stay safe and, and, and uh, know that uh, the Underwoods are doing their part to flatten the curve. I hope they are. We, I think we've all found out that uh, uh, sports and, and uh, uh, enter is is a great value for entertainment. And we need to get that back and going again, along with our economy and, and the Illini will be back uh, stronger and better and and uh, looking forward to uh, what the future holds for, for Illini basketball.
0: Coach, congratulations on a strong 2019-20 campaign and good luck with what's ahead with your program.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, thanks again to Brad Underwood for the time on Full Core Press. Kim, let's jump into a couple of storylines, one of which is the 2020 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame class, and Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, they headline the class. There's also a lot of impactful college basketball figures within it, and I don't think there's any drop-off within this class. It's it's pretty impressive how all of these different figures just the category of greatness at which they sit in. I mean, you think about the coaches, and I'll go with the men's game. I know that Kim Mulkey on the women's game at Baylor, but how about Eddie Sudden? There were a lot of people that were holding out hope that, that this could be the year that Eddie gets inducted. He has been uh, suffering with some health issues, but still around, and, and we'll hear his name call as, as well as family. I mean, all he did in his career was compile 806 wins, He's one of only 10 coaches in college basketball history to surpass 800 victories. And he won everywhere he went. He's known for his time with Oklahoma State, but also at Creighton, Arkansas, and, hey, Kentucky. That's right. BBN loves him as well, and always will, because he went to the NCAA tournament with all four of those schools and reached three Final Fours. So, one of college basketball's greatest coaches ever And that's why there were so many people holding out hope that Eddie Sutton could get inducted a a true winner and a Hall of Famer part of the list. And I know, Kim, on the women's side, if there's somebody who has been an example of building a program from the bottom up, it's Kim Mulkey and what she has done with Baylor.
2: Yeah, I mean, Kim Mulkey, she's only been two places she was an assistant for a long time at her alma mater Louisiana Tech and then since the year 2000 it's been all Baylor and she has done incredible things there three national titles 2005 2012 2019 potentially I think you your prediction was that she would have been back in the title game again this year John she had a lot of talent coming back um but, but, we mentioned her time at Louisiana Tech. She was a big time player there as well, John, and she's actually the only person in basketball, male, female, whoever who's won a national championship as a player, which she did at Louisiana Tech as an assistant coach also at Louisiana Tech and now a three time national champion as a head coach at Baylor um, so she is she's top of the top. I had a chance to meet her for a bit last year uh, down at the elite eight in Greensboro. I was calling her game for national radio and had the chance to sit down with her. It's so much personality. Um, What you see on, on TV for the games is exactly what she's like in practice uh, off the court. And she's got great style as well, John.
0: (laughs) She does. And she, she's transcended the game with her charisma, with her personality and with her winning ability, I mean, she has has had so much success with Baylor, a program that before she got there, Kim, had never been to an NCAA tournament. And all she's done is not only get them to the big dance, but rack up national championships. There's another coach as well, uh, not a Division I coach, so she doesn't get as much attention, but she deserves as much attention for the success she's had. She's the head coach at Bentley University. It's Barbara Stevens who has had a remarkable career. get this. An 882 and 191 record.
2: That's insane.
0: I mean that that is incredible what she's been able to do in the NE10 in, in Division 2. She's a five-time National Division 2 Coach of the Year. I mean, she she's been the class of D2 and her success level of being about 700 games over 500 for your career. Yeah, I'd say that's Hall of Fame material.
2: What I think is probably the most incredible thing is she's been at Bentley since 1986. So she's (laughs) she's been there for 30 plus years, which you, you just don't see that in the game. And, you know, rightfully so people are looking to move up. But The fact that she's that committed to one university, I mean, that's, that's commendable. That's, that's amazing.
0: It really is. And she's still there going strong at Bentley. She's going to get her 900th win at some point here, could get a thousand if she keeps on rolling. So congrats to Barbara Stevens as well. And then Kim Tamika catchings. What does she mean to you?
2: She is, she's, I mean, she's a goat as a women's basketball player, um, she was who everybody was watching. And we talked to one of her teammates just a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Sarah Edwards, um, who had great things to say about her as a competitor and what she was like in practice. But Tamika catchings is just somebody who you mentioned with Kim Mulkey has transcended the game. Um, uh, she could, man, she could defend, she could score, um, Played at Tennessee. She only surprised, maybe somewhat surprisingly, but I guess, you know, Gina Auriemma would have something to say about that. She only won one national championship with Pat Summit, but she was a four-time first-team All-American. I mean, that's insane to think as a freshman right away coming onto the scene, named a first-team All-American, would go on to do it three more times. Obviously had tremendous success in the WNBA, a 10-time All-Star, four-time Olympic gold medalist and she's still involved now with the Indiana fever I did see she had a tough tough outing in the horse game the other day I think she was playing Mike Conley but it, it seemed like that whole operation was just a little bit of a mess Mike Conley was shooting inside of his own gym she was outside basically in the snow in Indiana um, but Tamika Catchings I mean as as good as they come as a as a basketball player male or female
0: just to go in all ways, shapes, and forms. And speaking of women's basketball, big week. Friday night, the WNBA draft. It'll be on ESPN. And Kim, what I eye is the the first thing that everybody should be eyeing. The New York Liberty with the first pick. Sabrina Ionescu of Oregon uh, going to head to the Liberty. It's, it's all but done. And I, I just think Sabrina, New York, the liberty are making the move to the barclay center so sabrina's in the big apple this just says fun
2: yeah i mean it's it's a really exciting time for the liberty they have a new head coach as well um and i think it'll be a, tremendous for them moving to the city, they they had actually been playing the last few seasons in my hometown of White Plains, New York, about 30 minutes outside of the city. Um, so it seems like they are, they have great leadership going on right now. Um, a couple other names I'm looking out for in the draft: Kennedy Carter. If you haven't heard of her, she she played at Texas A&M, decided to forgo her senior season. I've had the opportunity to call one of her games before. She is an electric scorer. She's gone for 30, 40 points multiple times in the NCAA tournament. She's a point guard as well. Um, so people are saying now that she decided to enter the draft, she could be you know, as high as a top three, top five pick. Um, and then i got to show some love to the Ivy League. There's a, a 6'4 wing player out of Princeton, Bella Allery. Yes. Her dad played at Duke with Jay Billis. Um, I've had the chance to watch her play numerous times over the last last couple of years. She's a sleeper. She's, she's like an Elena Deladon type. Not going to say she's she's that good, at least yet, but she has the build. She has the skill set of a guard at 6'4". She could take you inside out. Um, so there's there's been some talk about her the last few days. So those are just a couple couple sleepers to look out for in addition to Sabrina, who is tremendous, and everyone's talking about her.
0: Friday night, 7 Eastern Time, ESPN, the WNBA Draft. For our final segment of the show, we've got a little Ask K-A-J-F. We've asked for some Twitter questions. The fans have submitted them uh, deep into the night on on Monday night. We still got some submitted questions. So here's the first one, Kim. Should Tyshawn Alexander leave Creighton? Now the star junior wing announced on... Friday that he was declaring for the NBA draft that he's leaning towards staying in the NBA draft that's what stadium's Jeff Goodman reports obviously Alexander will go through this process but by all indications he he said on Friday that he's leaning towards staying in the draft but that he still needs some more feedback but should he leave Creighton Kim (sighs) do the Jays remain a top 10 team in your opinion
2: I think regardless of his decision, this is a top-10 team with how much they have coming back. And I I believe Jacob Epperson will be slated to come back as well. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so you you add that to the perimeter play of Marcus Zagorowski. Uh, They they have so much on the perimeter – they have size inside. So I think regardless of whether he comes back, this is a, a top 10 team because of how much they did this year. And and basically everything will come back. Um, I do think this is just a, a tough time for anyone to have to make a decision. Um, I would love to see him come back for one more year. I think he could be Big East Player of the Year, hands down. Um, his ability to defend the best guards in the country. We saw him, you know, give Marcus Howard, Miles Powell uh, fits this season. Um, I would love to see him come back and really take his offensive level as well. Take his offensive game to to another level. Um, I think one more year would be great for him. I think, you know, they'll have a chance to to make a Final Four run, maybe a national championship run. I think it would be a really fun year for him. I would love to see him, Come back, um, but he's also shown, you know, what a tremendous upside he has, and w- and what a big jump he made in his junior season. So I don't know. What do you think, John?
0: I'm going to disagree with you. I think this is a top fifteen to twenty ish team without Tyshawn Alexander. He is an All Big East first team caliber player. He would be on the preseason All Big East first team without a doubt. This is a player who averaged over sixteen points per game, but also was Greg McDermott's premier defender. When Creighton needed somebody to lock down on an opposing star, Tyshawn Alexander was the one picking up that star. He held down Miles Powell and Marcus Howard. Without that defensive climb, I don't think Alexander is declaring for the NBA draft. But that has made him think that potentially he could be fit for making the leap now. And he said last week that he just thinks maybe focusing on primarily basketball uh, would be the best thing for him. Now, everybody's got their own opinion. You know what? Uh, he, he's got to make the best choice for himself. That said, this Creighton team, without him, I think their ceiling's a Sweet 16. With him, I think their ceiling could be a Final Four. I think he means that much. Now, Creighton does have Antoine Jones coming in from Memphis, and they do have, hopefully, Jacob Epperson, the 7-footer the from Australia, back in the rotation for them. But he's had more injuries in his career than he's been able to put together impactful performances. So it's a mystery. Uh, mm-hmm. But this Creighton team was made so good because they had Alexander defending. And Kim, in the past, the issue with Creighton has been defense and the perception that they're a little bit soft. Alexander gave them a toughness level. I think Marcus Zagorowski is one of the best point guards in college basketball. But I just think Alexander put them over the top because when you have that good of a player alongside a point guard, not that Mitch Ballock couldn't also serve that role, but Alexander was the go-to. He was the, the not the sidekick, he was the guy alongside Zagorowski really making that drink stir. It's not to say Greg McDermott couldn't get this roster going in the right direction and could get them potentially in that territory of going deep in the tournament. I just think they'd have some real retooling to do, especially defensively, Without Tyshawn Alexander, the backcourt is what makes Creighton so good, and him as a defender made them so good. I hope Alexander comes back too. Creighton has never been a top five team ever, ever, no. even with Doug McDermott. They've never been in the top five nationally. Tyshawn one, Alexander would put them there.
2: Yeah. Just one other thing to consider, though, John, is how much defense you really need to play when you're scoring about 95 points per game. But, yeah, <laughs> but true. no, but no, he. Tyshawn Alexander, that he made his mark defensively like like we said. I I'd love to see him come back. I think it'll be it would be so fun to see that group just take that next step with another year of maturity and experience under their belts.
0: Okay, our next question comes from Doug Adams. And he says, No relation stance, to me,
2: it? by the way. No relation. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> as far as I know, I've no Doug's in the family. Let's hope okay, that's the case. Well,
0: He's a Hoya fan. Um, We have not talked much Georgetown uh, on this show, but, you know, I'll start with this before we even ask the question. When Georgetown's good, it's good for college basketball. And, Kim, it's been a while. It's been a while that the Hoyas have been relevant. Uh, They were relevant this past season, but not for the right reasons. So Doug's a Hoya fan. He says, is Patrick Ewing offering literally every grad transfer in America? How much are we in start-over mode after last year's mid-season exodus? And then he proceeded to write sigh.
2: <laughs> have you gotten a grad transfer offer, John? Do you still have any eligibility left?
0: <laughs> Patrick Ewing told me I would have no chance of playing for him. So I don't <laughs> anticipate that coming. Um, th-
2: this is my thing with, with grad transfers, John. Um, and it's become a huge part of the game in recent years. Grad transfers are a quick fix. Grad transfers are, we need, we need a veteran leader in the locker room for a year. We need a we need a knockdown shooter. Grad transfers aren't building a program. They're they're not building a culture. They're coming in for a quick year, making an immediate impact. But the problem with with grad transfers is they're there for a year and then they're gone. I think it's it's very crucial to build your foundation, like we're just talking to Brad Underwood. His success has been his recruiting in his first three seasons, and, and his team's success has been freshmen and sophomores. Um, so, you know, uh, one or two good grad transfers maybe can help you get a couple more wins, maybe make a, a run in the big dance if they can knock down some threes. Um, but it's I, I feel the frustration for Hoya fans after losing a, a couple of really good players, le- just leaving the program midseason, uh, Mac McClung declared for the NBA draft. I, I would expect he'll be back. Um, but I feel their frustration because you're almost back at, at square one right now when it comes to recruiting and, and building a solid foundation and a culture of your program.
0: All right. Our final question. I'll, apparently, I'll ask this uh, one Kim is Adam's for you. I guess
2: yeah, I get. I don't really understand this question. So we'll. It's an Ohio thing, Good, I guess. I don't either. Robert Gunther is asking you, John, if you could change Cleveland's name. John is a Cleveland native. If you could change Cleveland's name to Cincinnati, you would definitely do it, right, John? Hashtag SJUBB. I don't know how this ties into St. John's basketball.
0: Robert, no. <laughs> No, I'm not changing the name of Cleveland to Cincinnati. Both cities are great in their own ways. But Cincinnati has the Bengals. And I hate the Bengals. Okay? Cleveland is staying the way that it is. Cleveland is the city of dreams. It's the city of champions. It's the city is of belief. Really? Kim, don't butt in here. Let me have my <laughs> moment of glory. When was We're the not last changing champion? the name of Cleveland. What's that?
2: When was the last champion? Was um, the Cavaliers 2000? 2000... I'm
0: offended. Yeah, the Cavaliers 2016. It's a timeless title, Kim. How'd the Not Browns do this year? the name year? of my hometown.
2: How'd the Browns do this year?
0: They had seven wins, which is more than <laughs> That's they've had almost good. every other year That's in the last good. decade. Right, right. And I think the turnaround's coming. The NFL draft uh... is next week. I expect. I expect to hear from you on, on who your giants are picking.
2: Ooh, I was rewatching our Super Bowl win the other night. Yeah. Uh, live, yeah, right. la- la- live In the past. Yeah, we're not going to see that for a while. I just I heard, you <laughs> know, everyone was saying the Browns were Super Bowl contenders. And uh wow, that sure didn't happen.
0: Did you hear that an NFL uh, yeah. Okay. Don't again, don't <laughs> steal my thunder here. But to answer Robert's question, hell no, we're not changing the name of Cleveland to Cincinnati.
2: What Cincinnati does it have to do with Saint John's, John's, though? I'm confu- Why does why no did sense. he tag Saint John's? Why did he hashtag Saint John's? I think John's. Robert had had
0: a couple drinks in him, to be frank. Um, <laughs> NFL draft is next week. I'm going to close on this. I cannot believe, partner, that an NFL GM. I guess I should believe this, but Mike Garoppolo. Reported yesterday that an NFL general manager spent ten thousand dollars on rewiring his internet for the draft. That's what a- were you on AOL
2: <laughs> with the dial-up modem? I that ten thousand on internet? Yep. Come on, that's absurd. I there's. Just think of so many better things you could buy. But I guess, you know, people are worried about this draft. They think they're going to get hacked into. So I guess he's, I mean, there better be like a steel wall built around your (laughs) laptop for (laughs) $10,000. I I don't know. (laughs) We'll
0: see. I want to see how the virtual drafts work. And in fact, the WNBA has first up here. I mean, I'm really curious to see how this all works out. Because... Other leagues, the NBA in particular, in a lot of ways, the NBA has tried things, Ken. This is no secret. They have tried things in the NBA G League and then the WNBA to see if they work. Mm-hmm. So my fingers are crossed here. Uh, and of course, I'll be watching the WNBA draft. But for, for the sake of all pro sports, MLB draft, you name it, they almost need uh, they, they need these virtual drafts here in the next 10 days to work out well.
2: Yeah, uh, it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting. It's just uh, let's hope it goes better than the horse competition went. Gee. <laughs> that, that, did you see that? I mean, that was god awful. It looked I lo- did not see it. it, it <laughs> the players were filming on their own iPhones. It looked like surveillance footage. It was it was it was as oh, as boy. JJ Reddick said. <laughs> JJ Reddick tweeted, "I gave it I gave it 5 minutes hard pass." <laughs> wow.
0: Wow well you can follow Kim Adams on Twitter and Instagram for better footage of, <laughs> of jump shooting and training sessions and all kinds of things out in Philadelphia I know you're staying busy
2: yeah what have I don't yeah I've been doing my laundry detergent uh shoulder presses my ball handling like coach said just trying to do anything these days how are you?
0: Reg- you gotta get a sponsor for the laundry detergent
2: I know Tide where are you at come on I was doing some, <laughs> some squats with that. I was doing it all. How are your workout regimens?
0: Uh, last night I watched...
2: <laughs> That's I, I, watched I, asked I asked for your workout. I asked for your workout regimen. Yeah, not was a your... workout. It was intense. Oh, God.
0: No, I, I walked the dog yesterday. I went a little over a mile.
2: Okay. We'll get to two Small or three steps. here later this
0: week. I'm going to go down the Cleveland Metro Parks and, and take a two or three mile walk. That's what I'm doing. Down in Cleveland Metro Parks. Beautiful, beautiful area.
2: Love it. Just stay socially distanced. Six feet. That's what I will. Wear maybe wear we'll a do. mask. Hope
0: all, our, hope all our listeners are, too. Another episode of Full Court Press with Phantom Adams is in the books. Thanks again to Illinois men's basketball head coach Brad Underwood for spending some time with us. Thanks also to our producer Mike Lieber as well as Bruce Bernstein for all of their help. Ben Wolf that's the show, and we always appreciate his contributions. And you can please check out our other Pure Hoops media shows.
2: That's right, John. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong drops every Wednesday. On Thursdays, the legendary Monica McNutt comes by with buckets, boards, and blocks. On Fridays, it's the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Mike Wise Show drops every Monday. And John and I will be back every Tuesday with Full Court Press. So please check out all of our shows, download them, rate and review them, enjoy them. And and once again, just continuing to wish that everyone stays safe, stays healthy. Um, I know we've been hearing that the curve is starting to flatten, but it's so important that we continue to adhere to what the CDC and the government is telling us to do. And just a thank you again to all of the medical employees, doctors, nurses, hospital staff, um, who are just really risking their their health, um, risking their lives every day to go into work without complaint, um, leaving their families at home uh, during these scary times. So thank you again to them. Um, and, and there's people, you know, doing other things that may not be recognized. I know there's a lot of people who are making meals um, for people who can't afford meals right now and are um, going to certain locations to pick up daily meals. So, just people like that um, who are, you know, also risking their health and for the betterment of others. So, thank you to everyone and anyone who's having a small part in in trying to make these times a little bit better and a little bit easier.
0: Absolutely. You are the heroes, all our frontline workers. Uh, I, I can't imagine uh, what the healthcare folks are going through right now. But, what I do know is we could not be more appreciative for all that you're doing day in, day out. We know this is a process. It's not something that's just going to be an on-off switch. And what you continually do to try to get us through this process is, is frankly um, an act that is heroic. So thank you. God bless all those frontline workers for everything that you are doing. And we hope that all our listeners are staying safe, staying healthy. We hope that we're maybe giving you a resort. Uh, with Full Court Press to listen to and to gather some hoops knowledge. And if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion, feel free to tweet at Kim and me, and we'll work it in on the show because that's what we want to do. We want to please you guys, the listeners. So we will talk to you next week on Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams.
1: Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops
0: Media.